0: sing some Christmas carols with you. So we are in the fourth week of our Advent series, um, going through the book of Mark and talking about this idea of holy disruption of Jesus meeting us in this Advent season in different ways, Uh, maybe it looking a little different than it has in the past, Um, and looking at different passages that traditionally would not be considered passages that most people use during Advent. So last week matt talked about home and that feeling of home and and finding jesus in that and i honestly all week just like thought about this nostalgic those that made me very aware of the things during this time specifically that make me feel at home or are very nostalgic for me and bring me back and so um it was just a really good message and then this week we're going to be looking at the gifts that Jesus may give us during the season and how sometimes those gifts are hidden in our, in our way. They're hidden in plain sight, you might say. They're there for us to have. But also looking at how sometimes those gifts are meant just for us. And they're, um, they're just these little offerings that Jesus gives us. So before we jump into this week,
1: um, can you pray with me? And then we're
0: going to read our scripture.
1: God, I just thank you for who you are. I thank
0: you for how wonderful you are, how glorious you are. God, we, we just give you this morning, we ask that you will allow us to hear from you. God, we take the time to pause and still. just thank you for this time for this season, God. We just thank you for glory and honor and Amen. So we're going to be looking at Mark <coughs> chapter 9, verses 2 through 10. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became radiant, intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with and Moses, and they, were talking, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, is it good that we are here? Let us make three tents for." and one for Moses, and one for Elijah. For he did not know what to say. They were terrified. And a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud, This is my beloved son. Listen to him. And suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them but Jesus only. And as they were coming down the mountain, he charged them to tell no one that they were seeing what they had seen, until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept the matter to themselves questioning
1: what his rising from the dead
0: might mean so the transfiguration of jesus is a whole other sermon we're not going to do that today we're not going to dive into it we're not going to like pick it apart we'll leave that for matt to do another time um but we're going to look at just this whole interaction so like we're going to like zoom if you were thinking about it like we're going to zoom back the lens okay we're We're going to look at this moment that Jesus shared with Peter, James, and John. So throughout the book of Mark, we see actually different interactions that Jesus has with people, whether he's healed them, or um, there's the interaction with him and the disciples when he asks them, like, what do people call me? Where he tells them, like, don't tell people who I am which is kind of a weird thing because you don't really get that in Matthew or Luke as much. He's more open with who he is. Um, But you see it a lot in Mark, and we see it again here in chapter 9.
1: And there's a lot of, like,
0: people that have different opinions as to why that could be. Some believe that there's a couple interactions when a demon who's inside of someone, like, says, that's Jesus, and that's not how he wants to be revealed. Some say that, um, he was trying to get to his next destination and, you know, word of what he was doing, the miracles he was doing, spread quickly. And so he would not want to be mobbed or, like, maybe wanted some peace and solitude. Some because there was a lack of understanding, um, and not fully, fully understanding who he was or what his purpose was. I think maybe he just wanted people to, like, interactively for himself. That's just my own um, interpretation. But the other thing that, as I was reading this and I was thinking about this idea of why Jesus told the disciples to keep it to themselves, to not tell anybody, is that there was something special in the back fact that Jesus maybe wanted that moment for the disciples to be theirs, not something that they just went and shared with them. It could have been because they didn't fully understand what had happened to, had happened in front of them because I've read that passage and I still don't fully understand. You know, like, could you imagine you're hanging out with one of your friends who's like, all of a sudden you go up a hill and they bright white and they're glowing, and that'd be kind pretty mind-blowing. Like, so to just go and like tell them that, like, would have been a lot. But today I want us to still operate out of this idea That Jesus, he chose to share that moment with Peter, John, and James. He didn't have to, but he chose to. And was there a reason for that? More than just to show something, but like, it was a special moment. I would have felt super honored. Like, I imagine they did as well. And so, he takes this moment, he he shares it with them. And he tells them to keep it to themselves. And and the word um, to get a little nerdy, I'm not going to say the Greek word because I cannot speak Greek. But that word "kept," um, specifically in this verse, because there's different meanings for the word depending on the context. but Specifically, the word "kept" in this passage means to retain, to keep under reserve. I don't know. That just like hit hey, me. I was like. I realized that there was a purpose for Jesus giving the disciples this moment. They were meant to keep it to themselves, to retain it. And he was specific. He didn't say forever. He said, until I have come back, until I have rose and rise from the dead, risen from the dead, then you can tell people. And so this gifting wasn't just something that they kept like to themselves forever, but it was something that they kept for a period of time. Jesus shared that with them. He wanted them to keep it. He wanted them to have this moment. He was intentional to do that. And I wonder where we have those moments ourselves. Matt touched on it a little bit last week when we talked about Mary. This idea of sometimes as pastors especially like we get these moments and we have these moments with God and we immediately want to share it with everybody because we think that's what we're supposed to do and i think we as humans just do it naturally we want to tell people because we're maybe excited but sometimes these moments aren't meant to be shared sometimes these moments are meant to be savored they're meant for us like god has given me moments Moments that I have shared with maybe one or two people because it made sense, but then there are moments that, like, I haven't. And sometimes I feel selfish, like, is that selfish of me? Is it selfish of me in the fact that I am not giving or I'm not sharing the goodness of God or these amazing things? I mean, for the disciples, they just witnessed this insane thing happen. And then there's that, don't tell anybody. Hard. And sometimes it's hard because I don't know about you all, but I'm a verbal processor. So, verbally processing doesn't happen in my head. I look a little bit insane if I try to verbally process with myself. <laughs> and so, these moments, like, I would want to be like, Matt, I got to tell you about this one time and this happened, and, blah, 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 and I would need to verbally process it to someone. But one of the things I'm learning in this season is sometimes. The person I'm supposed to process it with is God. And sometimes that verbal processing does happen within yourself with Jesus. And you look a little bit crazy, but you get to savor it all the more. See, I think part of what Jesus did was he didn't want them to go processing it with other people. He didn't want them to go processing it with just anybody. But maybe to give them a chance to sit on it, to understand it. And there's a part of it that says, like, I think the reason he's like, don't tell anyone until I have risen from the dead, maybe it's because they would understand it a little bit more. But if we're operating under this idea that Jesus gave this gift to the disciples, which is just my own personal interpretation, and as I read this, that's just how I viewed it, of like, I don't know, I just think. For Peter, James, and John, as overwhelming as that moment might have been,
1: I feel like later on,
0: like there also would have been this moment of just, wow, he chose me. He chose to share that moment with me. Why? Why me? And maybe they don't ever get to know the why, but they get to feel that special you guys, ever had a moment in your life that you're like, wow, I was for love, for mine, or I was chosen for this moment? And sometimes those moments are as wild as the transfiguration, and sometimes those moments are as simple as being able to. I mean, for me it'd be like, being able to eat something that I normally can't eat? And realizing, like, wow, God, you are good, and I get to save you that. And that's mine, and I get to hold on to it. And I get to keep his goodness for myself. Not out of selfishness, not because I don't want to share it with anybody else, but because for that moment right then, I need it. I think the big moments—they're harder to miss, right? Like they're like the skies being painted. They're like the flashing lights, like Hoo-hoo! but see, then there's those smaller moments often we just kind of pass over, we pass by. It's like when I imagine, um, like if you're a kid and you're you come downstairs, it's Christmas morning, and if you have presents under the tree, you you. At least, I used to look for the biggest one, right, like obviously biggest means best. Unless you were in my household, which meant biggest meant torture because my sister would have wrapped my Christmas presents 700 times and put the tiniest present in the largest box. It like became a thing. There was one year that she had me go on a scavenger hunt around the entire house. That
1: was fun. But she, but those types of things, so I would always go
0: for the biggest but sometimes the littlest present was the best. But it was always the last. It was always the one that was looked over. It was always the one that was, like, passed by because it was the smallest. But it was just right there, sitting for me. I could see it. The bigger. The better. And I think often we, we do that. We take these large moments, and they're beautiful, and they're meant for us, and we miss the small ones. And I feel like even though this is a big, big moment that Peter, James, and John are sharing with Jesus, there was a small gift in him telling them not to give away. The big gift was they got to witness it. The small gift was him saying, keep it. Don't share it. Hold on to it. And they easily could have missed it easily could have missed this moment to savor, to learn, to grow, by not keeping it, by not retaining it, not keeping it under reserve, which, that, like, whole thing, kind of like that idea of, like, keeping something under reserve. There's something different about that word, like reserve, because it's not saying keep it away forever. It's like you have a reservation. You Go, that table was reserved, and at one point you use it. So it's not saying they're going to keep it forever away, but for this time, they're holding on to it. They're reserving it, they're waiting I was preparing for today, we're talking about gifts that Jesus gives us, and these things being hidden, sometimes hidden in plain sight, and as I was preparing, I was like, okay, God, like, what are, what is something I can share, and then I'm like, this is counterproductive, This seems to be going backwards, because the reality is, is like, for a lot of my life, I would have something happen. And I would give it, and there was nothing wrong with that. God used it all. He did. It's beautiful. But there's been a couple pivotal moments, and one happened a couple months ago when I was preparing for another sermon. And I met with Matt, and I said to him, I said, I'm really stuck, I can't get through this. And that doesn't happen often, not out of pride, but because normally I can like unstick myself, but this time I couldn't, I was really stuck. And he said to me, he's like, what if this interaction that you just had, I'm not telling you what it was, I'm keeping it for myself, it's under reserve. But what if this interaction that you had was meant for you, not for anybody else? What if you kept that, the processing that you've done with God, the questions that you're asking, the, in- the thing that sparked it all, moment you had, what if God is giving that to you? And there's something else for one church. And there's something else, there's another passage, and there's something else that is meant for other, for you to share in another way. And I have. I mean, Matt knows, because I told him. But other than that, like, I haven't really shared it with because honestly, I'm still savoring it. And there might come a day that I get to share it and I'm super excited for that day. But like right now, it's like it's, it's like taking a bite every time I get to come back to it, God brings me back to that moment.
1: It's like taking a bite at your
0: favorite dessert. <laughs> or, I don't know, watching your favorite movie. Whatever brings you pleasure. Whatever brings you joy. It's really easy for us to only look for the big things and not the small things. It's, still running it's really easy for us to be like, well, I'm super busy. And we are, yeah, usually, right? We're all busy. Stops, right? Not just Christmas. Like, it seems amplified during this time, but we're, we're busy people. In in that row, I think we need to get wrapped up in busyness and wanting to go, 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 go. That those gifts that are hidden for us, we miss. Like, have you ever played? Uh, I just pop my head. Like Mario. I'm not good at video games. All right, I did not grow up with them. I am not good at them. But all I think of is when I go to play like any game where I have to collect points, like Mario or anything like that, and you like, I'll, I miss a thousand points because I am still learning how to jump. And like, as long as if the coins are in a straight line, I'm good. But if the coins go above my head, well, not getting them. And I'll never forget the first time that I finally figured out how to like jump onto one of those platforms to like hit the box until a fun thing popped out. That's kind of how it feels like when you actually slow down, take a minute, and you're like, oh my gosh, I hit the box. This this box that I would think to hit—it looks like just a plain old brick box. Why would I hit it a thousand times to collect six hundred coins in a little flower? <laughs> but that's the thing. Like there's these gifts that are hidden for us, wherever you're at. Like if you're in a if you're in a valley and you're like oh, I don't see any gifts and it it's really dark. What if instead of you finding the gift you allow someone else to? How do people give those gifts? Matt gave me the given greatest gift. He gave me permission to keep something for myself and not give it away. Because sometimes as we hear these sermons, if we're in a space that's hard, you're like, that's great, Cat. Sure. I hear you. I'm going to go looking for him, treasure. but right now, I don't feel like it. Okay. That's OK. But maybe someone else has it and can give you a gift. Maybe it's a smile. Maybe it's a word of encouragement. Maybe it's just checking in to see how you're doing. Giving you permission to be in a season of grief. Giving you permission to say, yeah, life sucks right now.
1: The hidden treasures don't
0: have to be big and shiny. Sometimes they're as simple as a genuine person just sitting with you. There's a book that my kids sometimes let me read. Called the listening rabbit. Um, and it's all about uh, this little boy who's really sad because his blocks like, all over.
1: And he's got all these animals that come back
0: in and they're trying to like offer solutions. Until this bunny, this bunny comes in and sits down next to him and doesn't say anything. And he just lets the little boy cross awesome. him. And I feel like that sometimes is the biggest gift that God gives us. Sometimes He just sits and lets us process, lets us get it all out. But see, the thing is, is we will miss those moments with God because we expect that they have to be with somebody else or for somebody. Close this morning, I want us to take just a couple minutes. If you're comfortable, close your eyes. You don't have to, but first, check in with yourself. Where are you at? Where is Jesus revealing himself to you this Christmas season? What are those gifts? What is that little gift that's just for you? It's meant to be kept. God, I thank you for how you love us. I thank you for the fact that you keep us. Thank you for the fact that you choose us. then I pray that as we go into the rest of this week, as we lead up to your birth, to celebrating your birth, we lead up to. The I pray that we wouldn't pass by any gifts gives